Um, can we just take a second here at the top? Because it will not be able to come up later. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my thumb is dead. My thumb's dead now. Uh oh. Um, and I may have I, I unconfirmed yet, but I may have broken the left bumper and maybe the D-pad of my Switch Pro controller. I don't know yet. Whoa. It doesn't feel, that controller doesn't feel the way it used to be, man. It's it's aged. It's aged in the last two weeks because of this freaking video game. Yeah, well, I don't like the Switch Pro controller. I'll tell you that much right now. I just don't like it. Yeah. Let's say, let, how about this a review of the Switch Pro controller? <laughs> I think it costs too much. Mm. I think it's got that baby toy feel where it just feels like a baby's toy. <laughs> doesn't feel like a real controller. Um, I'll I'll say this right now. If you're thinking about getting a Switch Pro controller, why not spend less money and get 8-BitDo's SN30 Plus wow, okay. controller? So we're going to nerd out here is what we're going to do? SN30. Actually, they have a new one. I think it's just called the SN32 now. Um, wow. Even better than the one that I have, the, this, this new model of it. Um, I, and I'm not saying that it feels... a leagues better than the switch pro controller but it, but it is cheaper yeah and i think feels a smidge better you but might now, think it feels about the same but sure. whatever now you're on that xbox elite series 2 game and we you've left you've left us all in the dust we will never return to the qual the luxury of hunter's rolls royce fingers they're just sitting in like a comfortable little caddy and just i have doing it right everything. here yeah i'm I looking at right. hunter it's showing like, it to me physically right now i this, literally this little keep it near me trophy he has <laughs> It is, uh, yeah, so I have an Xbox Elite Series 2 controller. Um, I have it because I'm a, a pro gamer, and you don't know about that, um, listener. You wouldn't know about that. Um, it, no, I, I, I'm not going to promote the, X, the Xbox Elite Series 2 controller. I don't think you should buy it. I don't think anyone <laughs> should buy it, but I did. And I'll say, that. actually, you know what? I will say this. You shouldn't buy an Xbox Elite controller, but if you do, you'll yeah. love it. Is this an intro? Is this still, are we still in the... No, nah, we're just nerding out about controllers now. <laughs> we're just talking about controllers. Controllers feel good, and uh, if you are playing games and you don't have controllers that you like, I'm not saying that you need to get an Xbox Elite. Nobody needs to. Yeah. But, but you should like the you controller like. that you have. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and if you don't like it, then consider, you know, I don't know, consider an upgrade of some sort. Get, right. get a controller that you like in your hands, you know, all the time. I guess it's now just becoming a normal intro for like a normal show. No let's, jokes. Let's, let's start it proper. Let's start it no, proper. And then we can screw that. It. No, no. <laughs> I'm I'm deleting most of what you know, just you happened. You can't delete it, Matt. You can't delete seconds. it because I, I you know what? I'm gonna uh I have veto right, okay, as a producer on this show. And this is the cold open, all right? It's all right. the cold open, Matt. You nothing will this none of this will be deleted, okay? Five minute long cold open. Beep beep boop boop ba bop boop boop beep. Now we start. Let's Hey, 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 and welcome hey. to Old Gamers Almanac. This is a video game show about games uh we talk about one game every week and we're gonna rank it into one big list we're talking about every single game ever made uh or will be made or has been made or even games that have just been thought of but don't exist yet uh my name is hunter donaldson i'm your main host and i'm joined today by a special guest uh it's me hi i'm matt martins uh special oh. guest and co-host of this podcast 
Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Um, today we're talking about Dynamite, freaking kick butt, great game, 2018's Celeste. Yeah. One of the greatest games of all time, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, already. let's, yeah, <laughs> do we just want to do the ranking first and then we can just like no. wax poetic about this game? No, because I feel like the ranking is going to get weird because yeah. the ranking is just going to be us talking about Super Mario Brothers 3 and yes. uh, Celeste. It, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, yeah. I think we're going to, I'm going to give myself privilege to talk about a couple other games. But yes, today it will be about it. what is number one and what is number two. And yeah. how and why and and who feels betrayed by that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but so yeah, Celeste is uh, 2018 by uh, the company now known as Extremely Okay Games. Uh, this was the follow up to a game called Towerfall Ascension, which mm -hmm. was also an incredible game. I cannot wait for us to get to talk about because it's like a couch co op game, but it is uh, mechanically. A bunch of the same stuff that's in this game um, in terms of the jumping and the dashing um, but the uh, towerfall also has like shooty bits where you fire arrows at each other and it's like I mean I, I I think towerfall ascension I might enjoy more than Super Smash Brothers as a like couch co-op fight each other game um, and, I didn't know it had a co-op mode does it have a co-op mode uh, I thought... yeah it's got a it has a campaign that you can play cooperatively um, oh I did not know one, that I, I think at least one one other person I thought it was just like a yeah a single screen, single screen uh, competitive game. That's always how yeah. I played it. But yeah, uh, yeah, Towerfall Ascension is like uh, Super Smash Brothers for cool people, basically. Right. <laughs> Super Smash Brothers is uh, lame. Just kidding. I love Super Smash yeah. Brothers, but uh, um, Towerfall Ascension is really, really good. But they basically finished Towerfall and said, "Oh, the, this game still feels so good. What if we did exactly this?" And it's just kind of like a single screen platforming fight game. What if we took that and turned it into a, like a proper platformer? And what do we have to say about platformers? And so uh, Celeste was born out of that. It is the same sort of just platforming. Uh, I guess you call it 16-bit. It's really not even 16-bit anymore. It's just pixely graphics nowadays because um, yeah. there's all sorts of particle effects that that change that. Regardless. Um, you you do jumping you do dashing there are various chapters within the game that then each introduce some new mechanic per chapter uh very classic in its mentality of what platformers do right um just mm -hmm. each chapter has a way to get through it uh but it is also known for being uh at least at some point in the game for somebody it's going to be an incredibly difficult game uh, you could yeah. be like super elite gamer and probably get through like the main storyline, but without too many spoilers, like this game keeps going and keeps getting harder and keeps getting harder. And it's like, there's no way this game isn't hard for somebody at some point yeah, in inside yeah. of it. Oh, for sure. For sure. It, it, it is a game that um, I think is really approachable at first that it, it has a it has a curve that kind of yeah. just keeps going up uh and it surprisingly keeps going up and up yeah and up. <laughs> um but yeah it, it's like celeste can be uh i think just merely pretty difficult to excruciatingly difficult right yeah um i think that the the normal just storyline the the eight chapters mm -hmm. that you could consider the critical path of this game uh, will push anyone a little bit, but then if that after that point, once you have your dessert, which is all of the uh, extra stuff included in this game, and this is a generous game, yeah, the cup of cow. this game runneth over um, with uh, platforming uh, goodness. Um, once you get to the extra stuff, 
uh, of which there is uh, more. There's more extra stuff than not extra stuff. We yes. should just go ahead and say that about this right. game. This game is mostly extra stuff. Um, it is a beautiful gift that has been given to you. I wanted to say one thing about before we get too too much into just talking about Celeste. I did want to mention that this game was prototyped uh, for a virtual game console called the Pico Eight, right? Um, which is this weird little indie game dev thing that. Yeah, it's like a virtual machine that uh, simulates like a 1980s, like 8-bit video game console. Yeah. Um, and that was uh, Maddie and Noel, uh, Noel Barry. Right. Uh, it's funny that Noel's last name is Barry, actually, because it's, it's full of strawberries. So that's funny. <laughs> um, they, did a, they did a prototype of this in 2016. And then one of the extras that I don't necessarily want to... Well, I should spoil. There will this be spoilers game, this, in this We game. have to do so many spoilers, so let's get ahead yeah. of it now. I'm sorry, yeah. it is impossible to talk about this game without talking about the spoilers because most of the beauty of the game is even in the spoilers. There's plenty outside of it, but like uh, we are going to spoil this game. Yeah, so. So, so like one of my favorite extras in Celeste is that they prototyped it in 2016 on the Pico 8, and then they just included that in... Yeah the game that so like you can find the game <laughs> yeah and, and it's like hidden there's like it right. there's a place where you will find a computer that has the pico 8 version of celeste and you can just play through all of that yeah um which is hilarious to me um let's talk a little bit about what because we've talked a little bit mechanically about what this is it's a game about jumping yes. and it's about specifically double jumping right. i would say your, your character can jump and then a they dash. got a little extra jump yeah yep. a, da a dash jump if you will um the story of Celeste mm -hmm. uh, is about a character named Madeline who is making her way up a mountain, which is a beautiful kind of, uh, uh, <laughs> I think, easy uh, and effective framing for a platformer. You yeah. are climbing a mountain, literally. With each chapter, you are going further and further uh, up the mountain. There's a lot of other thematic stuff, but effectively what you're doing is that. It yeah. gets... This game is surprisingly emotional for a platformer. I would yep. not have thought that a platformer could be could have this level of uh, emotionality. Is that a word? Yep. It has some emotionality to it, bro. Yes. Bro? <laughs> bro, bro, <laughs> it's bro. The bros turn up for Maddie Thorson Celeste. <laughs> What's going on, bro? I freaking love Theo. That dude rules, my homie. Let's go. Uh, yeah. This game. Yeah, th this game does things to my brain and my heart uh, that we will get more into later. But mm -hmm. suffice it to say, it uses the vehicle of, hey, we made this game pretty hard. Uh, even from the get-go, uh, for for the, the layman, it is a pretty hard game. And mm -hmm. it better be, because what, what the story is, is a hard thing to do. <laughs> Climbing right. a big mountain is hard. And more than that, the entire game exists as a fairly obvious and fairly on-the-nose metaphor for overcoming uh, any number of emotional problems. Uh, but specifically in Madeline's case, it is anxiety uh, yeah. a little bit of depression. There, by, yep. by the third chapter of the game, you are literally combating... Uh, what the game highlights in the text, part of you, uh, a part of you is what you are mm -hmm. combating. And if that's not uh, as on the nose as you can get, then like this game is screaming at you. It's a metaphor, idiot. We're talking about emotional intelligence. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but then, I mean, it it's talking about emotional intelligence, but some of my favorite sections of this game 
to play are the sections where um, your dark side uh, is literally chasing you through yeah. the screens, right. basically. Right. Um, the, and the, those elements of it are really interesting. So it's like you're you're playing as Madeline. You have to get um, to the next screen, and your dark side goes wherever you go. Yeah, it's a go- uh, like it's, it, 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 like in a in a racing game ghost thing, right? You know, you you do a race, and then the ghost does. You you can race your own ghost. This is like if your ghost was a single second behind you. So if you stop yeah. for too long, within one second, the ghost will smash into you and catch you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's oh man, I love it. Um, yeah, there's the there's so much uh, that this game does with so little, yes. I would say. Like right. mechanically, we have already covered everything Madeline can do. Yep. I mean, Madeline can jump and then dash. And, yep. you know, that we basically take that and shake it up in as many ways as you can possibly think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and we oh, and actually, I want to even push back on that. I want to push back on it. Even does everything you can think of with that. I think even in within the chapters, what it introduces to that formula is still like very pure and small. There's never yeah. anything crazy difficult because I mean, crazy, crazy intricate. Instead, they allow every instance to be how difficult can we make the act of jumping and dashing? Um, yes. the, the most you get outside of that is like little springboards, little clouds that spring. Like there's basically sure. three di- different versions of a spring that make you jump further or whatever. And then there's uh, there's a couple different instances of these orbs that you get inside of and then they push you out of them in a specific direction in different ways. But like that is just a further <laughs> development of the dash, right? It almost acts as just another dash. So it's yeah. not even like we're adding tons of stuff onto this. We, we always keep it as just jump and dash and then dash again and then dash again and then jump again and then dash again and then jump again and that's all the game ever asks of you (laughs) is those two things i i mean it it does have a lot of different ways to kind of add on to it but it Mm -hmm. doesn't add by by throwing you know uh a a laundry list of power-ups that madeline like like mario yeah we just did metroid dread recently and that game is all about fundamentally changing how you go about the platforming and celeste yeah. i would say is the opposite mentality of that it's just like right you're gonna do the same kind of platforming but we're gonna introduce ways for it to look different also uh we should talk a little we should make a little time to talk about uh the music in this game it's excellent it's yeah. very excellent yeah. this is a um, video game soundtrack that i uh listened to like you would music you know what i mean just like you know how you just like listen to music i don't know if everyone does that but but (laughs) some people do and i listened to the soundtrack of this game like it was just an album i liked yeah um the composer is uh lena rain Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it slaps man it's such a good such a good soundtrack um i can't believe uh how good i can't believe how good every little aspect of celeste is it is a game that Everyone working on this um, did this interesting trick where they just made sure it was all good. <laughs> yeah, I encourage it, that from other developers. Of If you just make sure every single thing is good and as good as you can make it, yeah. you end up with a really good product. It's, super, it's a super good way to succeed. And you know what? Uh, you know, I could see uh, from a game design perspective, Celeste might be uh, kind of intimidating to other developers because it's like, how do you make a game full of this much stuff that's this good? Well, I'll say this. You don't have to. 
Like, how about this? You could make you make it make a game with Celeste's philosophy of just like everything good all the time, but like maybe you can't put eight hundred plus levels into yeah, it. That's right. fine. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like, okay I want to play more games like this where, like, I don't. Okay, Matt, if you were gonna try and be negative about Celeste, yeah, you got anything? Uh, here's here here's any- my here's my only negative take on Celeste, which is, um, as someone who uh, greatly identifies with the struggle of not being very good at games, Mm -hmm. uh, there is so much of this game that you will never get to an experience because of how hard it gets. Um, And that is a shame. I mean, that's a shame. There is no hand-holding. There's no accessibility to this game. Um, And that is Mm -hmm. a downfall of it. No, no, no. Well, there's assist mode. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, maybe you got me. I don't know. Yep. Yep. I always get. <laughs> I you never with the touched same assist thing, mode. Matt. Actually, how does it work? Explain assist mode to me. I didn't even mess with assist, it. Assist. So assist mode. Well, when we actually get into assist mode, maybe you would agree that this isn't the best. But you get um, infinite air dash. Basically, mm. you just get to dash as many. Yeah, times that doesn't as you solve want. the problem. I'll say that much. Yeah, that doesn't completely solve the problem. There's stuff. There's stuff in this that is still incredibly. I think, difficult. I think there's a couple different things you can turn on. Like I don't think it's just infinite air dash or or nothing. Uh huh. Um. But oh, I think you know what I'm looking at it right now, and it says you can slow the game speed. So that mm. might actually be a nice way if you're slowing the, the game down issue. a little bit. That that might make it a little bit easier, but not so much easier that. Because the infinite air dash just kind of breaks it, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I think, though, if you have assist mode on, I'm pretty sure you cannot collect extras, though. And we should talk uh, about the different types of extras. Yeah, I would Because like there's to. a lot. Um, there are strawberries, which are probably the most genius uh, extra of all time in any game. My favorite collectible <laughs> of all time, for sure. In fact, it's not even a contest. The strawberries in Celeste, there is no better collectible in any game ever. Because the strawberries in Celeste are set up in each uh you know in in the various screens sometimes they're hidden i I don't like those as much i like the ones that aren't hidden i like the ones that you're just gonna see as you're playing through a chapter because you'll see it and what a strawberry is is it's inviting you to do a little more of this screen yeah try 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 the harder thing try the harder thing which is like i realize that's not a revolution we've seen collectibles that do that however the strawberries and celeste are all set up in a way that feels very rewarding to collect because yeah. they're all put in ways that just they just kind of tell you like oh c- like try and do this it's going to be harder yeah. than yeah. what you had to do to get through this screen i'll uh, i'll piggyback off of that to say why i like the even the hidden strawberries in this game even the hidden yeah, yeah. secrets in this game are amazing because here's the thing you have to always remember about collectible games uh what you are supposed to do with a collectible game, I say supposed to in air quotes, is play through the critical path of the game. Now, uh, Celeste is perfect because within that critical path, they put all of these strawberries directly in front of you. So all the time you're like, well, I'll grab this one. This, I could probably do this one real quick. I'll, I'll take a minute and I'll do this strawberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, we'll do that right. one. And so by mm-hmm. the time you finish the critical path of the game, out of 175 strawberries, you probably have at least 50 at least yeah. 50 strawberries yeah, yeah, and you're like yeah. okay i kind of was engaging with it and i think i want to do more and when you beat levels then the game does my favorite thing any platformer or collectible type game does which is 
perfectly and directly signpost to you exactly how many of the thing there is and mm -hmm. where you can expect it in the level. That's this true. would be my yeah, absolute yeah. least favorite part of something like uh, Mario Odyssey. Mario Odyssey, there's moons, but there's also a ton of secret moons. Like you, it's like, oh, this map has 50 moons in it, but actually it has 75. Uh, but we didn't. We just didn't tell you about the rest of them. Uh, we only right. tell you about fifty of them, and that drives me absolutely nuts. Because I, if if I don't have the finish line in sight of where right. the collectible is, then I'll never know if I did that, and I'll never have the reward of having gotten it. Right? I'm just endlessly, forever trying to collect stuff. Whereas Celeste says to you, "Hey, there's a strawberry in this region." It'll it'll even tell you like there are there's eight strawberries. And when you collect one, it'll be like, hey, this was the fourth strawberry. So there's actually three yeah. that you missed. And so you can yeah. start this level over and look a little bit harder for the other three. And that's why the hidden ones even still work, because it tells you an exact range of uh, stages to look in. And you can almost always find them. There are probably only like three strawberries in the entire game that like I had to consult a guide to figure out what was even going on. And yeah, all yeah. of the rest were perfectly findable. Yeah, yeah. What um? So Matt, what do you get for collecting all the strawberries? So it's like this cool collectible, right? You must get something. Well, the game, the game tells you that you get nothing, and that right. is generally speaking true, except for you do get to have pie with all of you get to have strawberry pie with all of your friends and they tell you how how very very good it is and how hard you worked on that pie and they're very happy that you worked so hard on that pie so that they could enjoy wow. it. that is uh it's the best it's actually the best reward they could have ever given me <laughs> is all of my friends enjoying the hard work i put into the into getting all the strawberries to make that pie yeah so it's wild that it's such a good collectible but you don't really get anything for getting everything. There, there are other um, secrets in the game. Yeah. That well, there's there's uh, cassette tapes that yep. unlock what what's called B sides, uh, which is uh, a remixed version of whatever chapter it is that you found the B side for. Much harder. Uh, much harder. Significantly <laughs> yeah. harder. Matt yeah. uh, tried to play all the B sides as he was going, <laughs> and I almost had a panic attack uh, because I. Well, you know, I realized it was going to take me 60 hours to finish this game if I did it that way. I was nervous about this game, Matt, yeah. because yeah. I thought you were going to hate this game. Right. Because, and, and, and honestly, I think it's time for us to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Historically, one of the running arcs of this game is this show difficulty or of this show. Sorry, not, not of Celeste, but of our show. We're talking about our show now. Um, is that you are put off and annoyed by difficulty in games. Now, not yes. all kinds of difficulty, right? but it is something that we've talked about with a number of different games at this point. Right. So why Celeste is very, like Celeste gets very, very hard. Yeah. yeah. Like why so, is Celeste okay? Two things. The first is the stuff I've talked about before, which is difficult games are only a problem when they do not respect your time, right? So, mm -hmm. and your you have a whole argument to this, and I and I want you to rebut with that argument before I get into my second point. But but okay. the the starting argument is, as long as you respect my time, you can make it as difficult as you want. If it's one extremely hard jump, 
Only make me do that extremely hard jump. Don't make me do the 15 minutes of boring, not hard stuff before I have to do that extremely hard jump, right? That is right. the thing that classic games uh, mechanically could not do. And now there's maybe a solve for that. But but that that's my main thing is when, it, when a game is incredibly difficult and punishes me, is overly punishing for failing the thing, that's when I cannot enjoy it anymore. And it makes me incredibly mad because I fail and it sets me back really far and makes me redo a bunch of legwork I don't want to have to do. Right. Except for, of course, uh, save states, which have, in my opinion, been incorporated into, right. I mean, if you if you have your Switch online, your, you know, basically, I mean, if you bought a, a Super NES Classic, like, like save states have become uh, canon now. Yes, I mean, right. at this point, Nintendo has re-released old games in several different formats. Yeah, that have included save states. Right. It's it's so, taken me a while too to get to to this level of acceptance because I'm used to the idea that save states are in emulators, and it is inherently a form of piracy and modification to put a save state into a game. Mm -hmm. It is weird for me to say, but the designer likes it. The designer actually would have. If they could have put a save state on the NES for Super Mario Brothers 3, they would have given you a save state at the time. That's hard for my brain to grapple with, and I'm not sure if it's true. I d well, I don't know that that is true either. I, I, I would never say that because I think that, that their values were also oh, different. Sure, 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 sure. Like, context is everything. I'm, we're not actually talking about in 1990 what were games going to put save states, but... This is the way I put it before we started recording, and I'll reiterate it now, because obviously when I was talking before, it wasn't on the show, so it'd be <laughs> weird for me to just leave that there, huh? Um, if Mr. Miyamoto, if Shigeru Miyamoto was a young man making video games, and he had his new video game series, Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers 3 were to come out in 2021, it would have save states. Right. It, it, it would Actually, it wouldn't have save states. It would have like what Celeste has, well, look at, which is when you die, you yeah. just go back to the beginning of the screen and not all the way to the beginning of a level. Or look whatever. at the new Super Mario Brothers for evidence of that, right? Like the, the Wii U oh, yeah. Mario games, you, you, uh, your co-op friends can be in a little bubble and can just ride out the level with you until they want to do something more difficult or, or whatever. Right. I mean, they are making these games. And, and when you do it the right way, like Mario games are very interesting to me, the, the modern 2D ones, because they are making them for babies. But mm -hmm. generally speaking, those games do still get kind of difficult. I mean, I wouldn't say they're like wildly difficult at the end, but mm -hmm. they're still pretty difficult. And having the access to the mentality that it's also being made for babies lets right. them bring in new stuff. And I say babies. I shouldn't because there's there's adults that also can't accomplish those very difficult things. I am one of them. I'm one of you. Um, You're one but, of the babies. So then... Let's talk about the second point uh, for Celeste, yeah, yeah. then, um, yeah. of why uh, this stuff is extra okay. Uh, Celeste, in the narrative, teaches you how to appreciate its difficulty. So mm -hmm. uh, I want to talk about the feather, because the feather is the greatest thing that has ever happened to oh, me. Oh, man. Okay, I want to say one thing, though, before, before, we go, before we go any further. We probably should have said this already, because we yeah. have spoiled some things. We uh, we love this game, Matt. We love this game a lot. If you haven't played this game, maybe just consider Stop. turning this podcast off right now and Please. play it. Like, yeah. yeah, just like like 
of all the games we've talked about, I mean, we talked about Super Mario Brothers 3. I think that's a that's a great game. We that was our the first game we talked about in the first episode. Um, a lot of people have already played that one. Turns out, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's gotten around. This game is a lot newer than yes. you know a lot of the games that we've talked about. Um, and I feel really strongly about it. Yes. So like, go experience you, it. You just need go. To. Just go play it. Just go play it. You don't need to listen to us talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Just go play it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That being said, there is a part not too far into this game, maybe chapter three or so, chapter mm-hmm. two or three or four. Um, where the the story of this game is that Madeline is uh, kind of anxiety riddled. She is truly grappling, and the reason she is climbing this mountain is to sort of put off <laughs> her anxiety. Rather, and she's not properly dealing with it yet. Yeah, and you meet this great friend along the way named Theo, and Theo's a super chill dude, and he's just he's like, great. "Hey, calm down. We're just climbing the mountain. It's okay." And yeah, it's hard, but. That's that, That's why we're doing it or whatever. So already the game's narrative is directly impacting whether or not I want to continue with this game's difficulty, right? Even in the first few stages, it's like, hey, the game is recognizing that it is hard to do this and that it that it mentally hurts you and is do you know, a part of you is attacking you. And that is, I cannot tell you how much that impacts me as a person who gets mad at video games when the video game looks me in the face and says, I know this is hard, but I also know that you can do it. Like it makes me weep uncontrollably to think (laughs) about how important that is to me as a person to grapple with, right? And when people talk about the emotional investment this game does to you, like I feel like I am one of the case studies of what should be represented. This game heals me as a gamer as a person and as a gamer so the feather comes in about i don't know roughly a third to a halfway through the game you get Mm -hmm. through some particularly hard parts and the game stops you and randomly introduces this new little mini game to it just inexplicably you haven't had anything else in the game the whole game has just been a platformer and then suddenly theo starts telling you to imagine a feather and just stop and breathe and imagine your breath is trying to keep the feather afloat gently gently and you start playing this little mini game where you let the feather fall and you let the feather raise up and you go very slowly and then the game puts you back in the game with that new tool to play the video game the game taught you a mental Mm -hmm. mechanic not not a button pressing thing but a mental mechanic of how to deal with it and now you as the player anytime you get frustrated which i get frustrated a lot with video games i get to stop at the start of the screen press pause and i get to try to make that feather float for a second and then let's try it again <laughs> let's try it. it's okay that the level's hard the designer isn't trying to punish me the designer right. is trying to welcome me into yeah. the challenge of solving their little puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get it? <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened to this show, I, I need to express the level to which this is an authentic feeling. Yeah. And how important this is to me. I think that um, regardless of what you might say, uh this is your favorite game this is the this is the best game you've ever played for you and this is, i this is the only game that matters 
uh, <laughs> in, when it comes to video games. And the reality is there's so many collectibles in this game and there's so many high challenges that I'll, I'll probably play this game until I die. Uh, oh yes, yeah, this, is a this game, game. This might be the game that kills me, but yeah, but I'll be happy knows. to do it. I'll be happy to have lived the life of playing this game. Yeah, of playing Celeste. Um, I want to talk about the wow. That was that was amazing, Matt. Uh, that, that was <laughs> and also hilarious. Um, <laughs> I just love the idea now of every game coming with like a little soothing mini game to like calm you down. I mean, seriously, I can't express how necessary it is because the yeah. difference is other game. The, here's the punishing thing, right? The punishment <laughs> of a different game is to say, yeah. you failed, start the whole level over again and do everything all over. Celeste right. sets you back no more than like 10 seconds at a time. Right. And it says, I know this 10 seconds is hard, but you, I know you can do it. And you just take it 10 seconds at a time, just a little bit. Like I've put in 24 hours into this little platforming game. And I've, I've, I mean, there are certain levels where I have thousands of deaths, right. over a yeah, thousand yeah. deaths trying to do a couple simple things but it's okay it's okay to do like it's the game in loading screens routinely tells you like hey deaths aren't a bad thing deaths are a shot a sign of progress oh it yeah. shows that you haven't stopped you keep going this game was written for me directly <laughs> to me maddie <laughs> thank you thank you so much for teaching me how to be a better person literally oh God, i mean so that with every Thorson. fiber of my being yeah, finally a game for Matt. Finally, <laughs> a game that takes Matt into consideration. <laughs> you just need, I think what it is, is you can handle a difficult game. It's just the game needs to like look at you every once in a while and be like, it's okay, buddy. You yeah. got this. I it love needs you. to recognize <laughs> that. Yeah. Whereas you get things like you get freaking doom. That's like, are you a wimpy baby, stupid boy? Do you need well, your yeah, Wawa does, to play this video game? That does suck. Yeah. That does suck a lot. What is it called? Can I play daddy? Yeah. That's the like difficulty level. Wolfenstein. Well, that's, what a, that's, what a that's, horrible, that's, horrible thing. That flipping sucks. <laughs> also, hey, no difficulty levels for this. It's just like, yep. it's here it's you go. I mean, there's an, there's an assist mode, but that's not the same as the difficulty difficulty level assist mode is just like are, are you just struggling to do this game really at all on any yeah. level then here's this so so you can so maybe you get can through this it. rut that you're in right right and the story <laughs> alone is worth experiencing uh we were oh, talking yeah, about sure. we were talking about collectibles we talked about the b-sides there are also uh hearts in the game um and mm -hmm. these are there's fewer of them they are literally like one per chapter and right. it is to denote like an especially difficult uh, thing that you have done and the hearts are what actually unlock bigger parts of the game um, right and that's so doing all of the b-sides just gets you a heart the the b-side in itself of a level is the challenge and finishing it gets you hearts for that and when you get all those hearts you get the c-sides which are even harder challenges of everything right, um, right. And this game uh, you know was developed with all those things and then later they released a free DLC uh, called farewell and I started playing that before I've I haven't even finished all the b-sides of course um, but the DLC is very clearly intended for some people who played the base game and probably did most of the b-sides if not all of them and it's like immediately it's like hey this is like a C or D side level of difficulty uh, this is an incredibly hard DLC which is why it had to be free 
because if you paid money for that DLC and you weren't especially good at this game, you, like literally by like the third room, you are slapped with like excruciatingly way harder challenges than you've experienced right. in the entire rest of the game. It's so it's hard. wild to me that they took the time to develop this. They care about the story. They care about this world that they've created. So they wanted people to just have access to this. It is now, it's essentially folded into the whole game. It's I barely right. call it DLC because it, now that it's free, it's literally in your copy of Celeste if you buy it. And it's just called Chapter 9. It's just another chapter. You know chapter. what it is? It's the ROM hack of itself. Yes, it is. It's You're right. basically its man, own oh, ROM hack okay. version. Woo. That's a whole other detour we could get into, man. Um, <laughs> this game is hilariously... I mean, of course it is. All things are based off of other things. But Celeste is obsessed with ROM hacks and ROM hack culture um, and indie game dev culture, of course. But uh, there is a specific moment in Celeste that literally they drop in a white platform, a white block platform from Super Mario Brothers 3. And mm -hmm. if you don't know what that means, right, I'm winking. I'm winking at you people who know what the white block, white block Ooh, platform yeah, in Super yeah. Mario Brothers 3 is then you don't know how to solve the puzzle. And there's no way you're going to figure out how to solve the puzzle unless you know about the world that we're talking about. This, this, the, the, the legends of hold down for like 10 seconds on the white block and you'll drop through it. And now there's a whole other thing that you can do. And they take that and they run with it because I follow a decent amount of the Mario ROM hack scene and the ways in which this game decides to do its loading um, so much of its design is like pulled directly from the things that the like Kaizo Mario community have been developing over the past like 10 years. I know that indie games have also been developing this, but like the iterative quality of ROM hacks do this at such a fast rate that I, I would put most of the logic to how these new ideas of what games can do into that ROM hack community. This game is so hard because of Kaizo Mario. Yeah. Okay. Uh, explain that a little bit. What is Kaizo Mario? So Kaizo Mario is a is ROM hacks that are excruciatingly difficult, just like mm -hmm. this game is. And what people started to so like, I mean, it's mostly Mario Brothers World from the from the Super Nintendo, and that game is like not especially difficult. And uh, some people decided, what if we made it like crazy, crazy difficult and using the absolute maximum of what the mechanics allow in Mario, using mechanics you never used in Super Mario World, but are actually present. The idea that a spin jump is different than a regular jump and what that can allow you to do. And it is very often full of pixel perfect, frame perfect jumps, right? Mm -hmm. of like you have to be perfect to do this. But over time, what even the Kaizo Mario scene realized is you don't get to make something that difficult if you don't make it immediately replayable like right immediate i mean it, it, it is moment to moment i mean even and that's you see that in mario maker too right mario maker uh, when Mar when mario maker one released you couldn't do save points and the entire community was like are you crazy do you understand how important a save point is in this right. kind of context like you have to have that and so mario maker was changed as a whole because of this rom hack culture and this rom hack community that mm -hmm. maddie thorsten and their team are clearly influenced by and pulling from yeah 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 i mean and if, if you haven't seen any of this stuff you should uh you should really check it out because it is, uh, I mean, I know it's very popular now. Mar I mean, I feel like Mario Maker was basically made because Nintendo was like, 
all right okay i guess we'll <laughs> i guess we'll make some money off this i guess they rolled over and were like oh all right i'll have some money um finally <laughs> they thought they thought they might make some money off of it which mario maker is actually a great product so i shouldn't be talking smack um but yeah uh it it very much has all that in it i will say this as somebody that doesn't really pay much attention to that at all. Still loved Celeste. Oh yeah, so totally. It is not this, a necessity. It's not a requirement to know that stuff to get any enjoyment out of this game. Right, right. It's a, it's an interesting uh, dimension to it. Uh, but I would uh, deem it not necessarily essential. Um, I think it's wild, Matt. How uh, back when we were scheduling, I was like, you know, I want to. I, I, I think. Uh, it's time for me to bring a game that's really close to my heart mm -hmm. uh, to the to the uh, show, and then it turns out uh, actually it's close to your heart. And <laughs> it's stolen it from some, you. At some point, this game uh, was—it's just not my game anymore, and that's okay. Uh, it it it's just something that happens. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to point out that because I think it's hilarious that. Yeah. That's, you said that's you, you told me you, first off you told me you didn't think i was gonna like it and second yes, today you told me hard. you think you are maybe mad at me because because of how much i like like you are maybe i'm upset. not mad at you about it no <laughs> i i i think uh, i think this is great it's just like um you know matt, matt you t one difference between the two of us is that you set you tend to send me a lot of progress like, updates yeah progress update of you playing the game i don't tend to do that very much yeah whenever i play games I don't really know why. I just have never done that. Um, and I was just, as I was watching you just fall deeper and deeper into this game, it was just hilarious because you just went, I mean, to be honest, you went way harder on this game than I went when I first started playing it. Like, I think when I first played this game, I was like, wow, this is like one of the best games I've ever played. I played through the critical path. I don't think I did any B sides. Didn't, I probably didn't even realize what those were. Uh, <laughs> got a small percentage of the strawberries like mm -hmm. very few and then was like i think i finished okay one thing that's fun that's notable about celeste to me is that i loved it so much i finished it on a plane um i don't play video games on planes and i don't like flying at all yeah. and in fact actually flying um, i'm a nervous flyer not because i'm afraid of the obvious stuff like being in the air i'm actually uh, I, I have no fear of that stuff but i have like a weird problem in one of my sinuses where um it flying is like explosively painful and i need to see an ear nose throat doctor about it asap <laughs> yeah you really do. but it makes me really nervous you know what yeah. i mean if, if you knew that every time you got on a plane there was a decent chance you were going to experience an excruciating amount of pain <laughs> i don't it would think make we get to call that nervous it's like that that's like saying I get really ex I get really nervous before I put my hand on a hot stove plate. Like well, I get really nervous before I do that because I know it's going to hurt me very badly. Well, so the reason I say nervous is because it does not always happen. Oh, okay. It is not a guaranteed event. <laughs> so like because of the randomness of it, you uh -huh. feel this sense of like, oh, I don't know if this is I don't know, maybe this time I'll be okay, maybe yeah. I won't, and you're like nervous because you don't want it to happen. Um you want the the to roll the dice and it come up on the one where your sinus doesn't get really hurt. Um, I loved this game so much that I played it in a state of uh, nervous weirdness about yeah. something else going on completely in my, in my life. And uh, magically, mystically, it felt like uh, the game helped me get through that yeah. feeling. And I beat it on this plane and then did not experience uh, the sinus pain that I have uh, be be 
become so fearful of. Yeah. Um, it is a wonderful game. Uh, it is, I think, one of... Uh, I think it's a game that people are going to be talking about for a really long time, too. Um, yeah, a sure. very, very long time. I mean, the uh, only thing Because I think it will be very hard for someone to top this game. Yeah, I mean, basically. I think Extremely Okay Games is the only... Like, <laughs> if their next installment is even better, then it's like, okay, well, that's the game we'll talk about. Uh, then, I, I don't guess. understand, though. Like, and uh, maybe... maybe uh, I, I have no idea what they, what they are working on right now at Extremely Okay Games, but I don't understand how Maddie Thorson could have 800 levels yeah. inside of them and then turn around and make you know 300 more you know what i mean like right. i i just feel like there's there has to be surely surely it was 800 levels and then it's like all right i'm really struggling to come up with more stuff right. you know right I, yeah. I i just i just don't know how someone could be that deep of a well but maybe uh and right. and if that's true i'm really excited. I, I will say uh they have announced what their next game is going to be just just to throw it out there it's called yeah, yeah. earth blade and it is a two a, a 2d explore action game in a seamless pixel art world uh beautiful pixel art same same uh musician lena rain is back uh it's it's the same team bringing you uh, maybe <laughs> here's going to be the funny thing is uh, explore action game. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like a little classic known as Hyperlight Drifter. Or it uh, sounds like a let, let maybe we're going after Legend of Zelda now. Yeah, Maddie exactly. Thorson was like, I'm going to make the best Mario game ever made. Right. And then now Maddie Thorson is going to make the Link best the Zelda past. game. Yeah. 2D Zelda game or something like that. Um, yeah. Do we want to uh, do we want to talk about this? Uh, this medium article that did this come out recently, Matt? Uh, it, it not as it came. Okay. So there is a Medium article that you need to read, uh, people. I will put it in the show notes. I will, I will make sure to do it. So Maddie Thorson posted this thing. Uh, to give further context to how important this game is, um, the question was uh, put out, is Madeline canonically trans? Uh, this was in 2020. So this is about a year after they were completely done with the game. And the reality is uh, Maddie Thorson, uh, after, the, after the release of Farewell, uh, came out as trans herself. And uh, their, her story is so critical, I think, to understanding not only what this game uh, unintentionally says as well as intentionally says, uh, but also like the duties of authorship, what it means to be a writer and to put intent into something, but to also not put intent into something, but it can still mean other things too. Uh, so this this article is about well obviously Madeline is trans because uh, hey guess what it's the same name as the creator the creator adopted <laughs> Madeline's name and putting Madeline it together is yeah trans, so maybe oh, they're maybe we're, that's we're obviously adding the up case. the breadcrumbs <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the, there's so much in it about um, you know we talked about the game is about emotional intelligence and the importance to which that story is being told about a trans character that is not also uh on the note like they, they don't just sit there and tell you that the character is trans and and i am not gonna sit here and talk about this topic of my own thoughts because my thoughts don't matter but i'm encouraging you to go read this thing because maddie thorson's yeah. take on it as the person who created and as a trans person herself uh the ideas of identity she didn't know she was trans during the development of this game and this game uh in the uh, mental processing she went through through this game part of that mental processing was also discovering her own gender identity so uh please please go read it to also understand even more about this game and more about why it is just like a wildly important game for all people to understand i learned about emotional intelligence 
from Madeline. So thank you, Madeline, and thank you, Maddie Thorson. Yeah, thank you, Maddie Thorson. Uh, definitely read this article. It's uh, it's it's freaking uh, it's badass. I would say <laughs> uh, is how I would put it. Yeah. Um. So now we got to do the other part, Matt. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's easy. Time. This this is the easiest one we've ever done, right? Do we, oh, can we yeah, just do it? it? Can we huh? please just do this? Yeah. Okay. Um. So so where are we gonna start? Where are All we right. going to start with? Well, actually, we should uh, we should. So we're in the ranking portion yeah, now. Yeah, 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 this is the ranking segment. Um, I'll do a quick recap of the list in its entirety for people that are keeping track because I we, we only have 14 games at this point, so I can say them all really quickly. So number starting at number one and going down, we've got Super Mario Brothers three, Halo Combat Evolved, Quake, Hyperlight Drifter, Crusader Kings three, Halo three, Mass Effect three, Mass Effect two. Outrun, Metroid Dread, Donkey Kong Country 3, Mass Effect 1, Halo 2, War of the Monsters. What a weird yep. list. Super um, weird list. And then now we have to rank uh, Celeste. Yes. So where do you want to start in this conversation? Uh, personally, Matt? I want to start at Hyperlight Drifter because these are okay. both indie darlings that mm -hmm. uh, are both regarded as, by some metric, difficult. Uh, yes. And exploration is a factor in both of them. Totally. Uh, exploring totally. and finding collectibles and, and, and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I have been uh, uh, thrown across the coals for saying Hyperlight Drifter is my second favorite game of all time. I haven't uh, thrown you across the coals. Maybe deservedly. Um, I have not still, thrown you across the coals, either, either way, I still want to say this. I still like the style of game. Of Hyperlight Drifter more. Mm -hmm. um, I do not think Hyperlight Drifter is a better game than Celeste, but I wanted to to give. I feel like we actually haven't talked about Hyperlight Drifter in a while because we've been putting a lot of things that are like obviously lower on the list in a while. And I want to say I'm extremely excited for Earthblade because there's a very real chance that Earthblade uh, very quickly gets hits the top of my list of all time favorites. Like if it, if it's a Link to the Past killer. Earthblade is the greatest game ever made, like hands down for me, for yeah. me personally. Would you say um, that's your favorite genre of yes. game? Like yeah. a 2D yeah, Zelda like? The, the yeah. 2D Zelda like, especially the emphasis of action that Hyperlight Drifter does is really, really what draws me in. I've, I've also compared, said like Hades, that the feeling of Hades really, really draws me in. The problem with Hades is it doesn't have the open map exploration that I also really, really, really like. Um, and so... Uh, Hyperlight Drifter's got all of that, but Hyperlight Drifter has a couple of its issues that we talked about in the Hyperlight Drifter episode, where the upgrades don't meaningfully interact in the story or even the gameplay that much. You can ignore quite a bit of the upgrades, and and for you, there's like six guns, and you only ever need two of them. Um, so all that to say, I just wanted to put out there, I still truly, truly, truly love Hyperlight Drifter, but Celeste is clearly a better game, and Celeste did more. Uh, to me <laughs> than Hyperlight Drifter could ever dream yeah. of. Yeah. Um, I'll put it this way. I think that Hyperlight Drifter is a competent, good, recent Zelda-like yeah. um, game. But I don't think that, like, let's say you were making, like, a facetious list of the yeah. best Zelda games of all time, but you right. included any game that might be similar to Zelda. Right. Hyperlight Drifter is not going to beat, you know... The biggins, no, the big, won't. the big actual Zelda games. Yeah. Whereas Celeste might be the best Mario game ever made. Yeah. Mario himself is looking at Madeline <laughs> and being right. like, "Ah, uh, uh oh, uh oh, yeah. my crown. What? Where's my crown going?" Right. Um. Just kind of, you know, 
go ahead and show where this is probably leading. Um, okay, well, let's... So it gets past Hyperlight Drifter. Let's talk about Quake. Yeah, um, so... I, I feel like it's even easy to say it, it very easily jumps ahead of Quake and Halo Combat Evolved. Music right? is like, better, yeah. The, music, yeah. the music's better. The, music's the exploration better. is better, uh, especially mm-hmm. then in Quake. Quake's got some cool exploration stuff, but it, the level design of Celeste, I would, would say, is even better than Quake's, even though Quake's is great and highly lauded and very good. Um, and it's interesting because when we get into Quake and Halo, we have the legacy conversation, right? Totally. Um and so this is where, for me, that that converse, the, the topic of the feather is the sort of abstract thing that I think Celeste is doing that has changed the industry. Um, now, again, Super Meat Boy exists. And, and the idea of, like, really tight modern platformers is not something Celeste invented. Mm-hmm. But I, do, I, I feel like Celeste is a major shift in what our desires are for a platformer do you does that feel relevant to you hunter i'm not really sure what you mean by that but i think it's approach to the topic of difficulty is Mm -hmm. is the actual game changer for the genre to me can i twist your point yeah i think that celeste is very interesting because there have been more games recently that have been somewhat about mental health mm-hmm. um and celeste uh while i think gets more recognition for being like a tight amazing platformer is also like there might be a, a moment in the future where we start realizing like oh there's a lot of games talking about mental health and a lot of them are like really good mm-hmm. where suddenly there might be a real reevaluation where we start seeing celeste as an influential game that casts a longer shadow yeah. in the world of games that talk about mental health. Um, however, I feel like we're not quite at that point where that recognition exists. So if we're talking about legacy, the 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 problem with any legacy conversation with Celeste is that Celeste is too new Three for us old. to know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I'm willing to say, though, that I mean, because I just like Celeste better than Quake and Halo by yeah. like a country mile. Uh, like. Absolutely, yeah. They, they but are yeah, obviously... I do, I do think, I do think there's a chance that um, mental health is going to become a topic that video game uh, developers may. I mean, they're already making lots of games about mental yes. health. And to be clear, Celeste was not the first game that talked a lot about mental health. There was a, a depression quest before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something earlier I can pull out of my book? I mean, I'm sure no. there's other games that have it as some sort of theme that can be uh, noted. I mean, you, you can totally. you can also talk about Gone mental health home. and, and how bad kind of mental- video yeah. games have handled it before, too. I mean, there's there's any number of things where, like, your character is insane. Um, and people Oh, well, that's horrible. Yeah, right. no, 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 that's not at all what I'm talking about. I was going to say Gone Home also has some stuff about, not necessarily about mental health uh, that I remember, but definitely about, like, identity and uh, and themes that feel uh, kind of adjacent uh, to Celeste. But Gone Home is just a game about walking through uh, walking through rooms. Yeah. Um, and uh, Celeste is a, a freaking capital G, capital GG giga game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so let's have the real conversation that this episode was always about. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it. So f- by every metric that I can evaluate it. Yep. Um, 
I love Celeste more than I will ever love Super Mario Brothers 3. I don't so. even think you like Super Mario Brothers 3 that much. <laughs> like, like, I think it's uh, basically just been up there. But, but I, I think I owe it to you to, to, to hash this out more then because I, I, I've talked a lot this episode and I, and I feel, I honestly, even, even though you, you said you were fine with it, but like, I feel like I've stolen some of this from you and I want you no, to get to right. wax poetic about no, Celeste as well. Um, it's chill. Um, I think that, uh, these are two games that I love very much. Uh, I was recently asked uh, by a friend of the show, uh, Corey Clay, to, uh, he likes to do these things for people where um, he will ask somebody their nine favorite games, mm. and then he'll make like a three by three grid of all the box art for those games. I don't know why he does this. It's just like something fun that he this does. Is, uh, this is, of course, Night Corey, our music, yeah. our, the theme song of this. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Night Cor Corey. Corey chops clay and I don't care is what I call him. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll explain that joke whenever we're going to have Corey on soon, um, actually, which will be very, very, uh, very fun. Um, but yeah, so so Corey asked me my nine favorite games and I always have difficulty answering um, those questions. But I did put Super Mario Brothers three and Celeste on. in my nine favorite games, mm -hmm. my top nine. Um, I, 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 I can't. Uh, I have nothing for this. Like I, I, I can't tell you which one that I think is better because, but they have, they have, <laughs> they've been with me through so many different uh, times of my life. Yeah. Uh, recency bias would say it's got to be Celeste, right? But Super Mario Brothers Three was with me when I was a baby, a little baby, little right. baby boo boo. My whole life, <laughs> uh, it's been with me. And uh, you know, would Celeste exist without Super Mario Brothers Three? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, does but hey, just being older. Well, hold up. Sure. Sorry. Does right. just being older mean that right. it should just be considered better because it's older? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and like when it comes to a discussion between two games that I would put easily in a top 10 for myself. Uh, and to be honest, none of these other games are even like the, my love for Celeste and Super Mario Brothers 3. It outweighs every other game on this list to where the other games as far as me personally i don't care at all yeah right. about them maybe halo but that's just because of memories it's not mm -hmm. because i think halo is some wonderful achievement that had some like big effect on me and my life but yeah i i i can't do it which means we kind of have to default to Celeste being number one is the only thing that makes me a little sad because I am just conflicted. I am, I do not have mm. a answer to this question. Um, to me, they are two, uh, they are two all timers basically. Yeah. Um, however, here's what could happen though. What if, you know, somebody might make a game like Celeste yeah. in, in, you know, next year, that where everyone is just universally like, wow, it's Celeste, but Even but better. better. Yeah, uh, I, that would be kind of hard to imagine, but maybe, <laughs> maybe that could happen. And then you know, in ten years, it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, remember Celeste? Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good game, right? You know what I mean? And we're and Super Mario Brothers three, um, they're gonna be talking about in a hundred years, right? Do I think yeah. Celeste is good enough to be talked about in a hundred years? Yeah, sure, totally. But that's not how Legacy is not so easily. Yeah. decided yeah, in that a, way it's but is this ranking about know. legacy how how important is legacy right i think it's I pretty know. important but 
My my only other little thing too to get out there is and and there's there's a proper amount of pushback on this, but the idea that like even um Super Mario Brothers 3 has learned the same lessons that Celeste is uh like perfecting on, which is like like now we have Super Mario Brothers 3 with save states because Super Mario Brothers 3 learned that it could be better itself. So mm-hmm. so it's so hard to evaluate, okay, so is Super Mario Brothers 3 with the modern proclivities of save states like as perfect as it can ever be? That's hard to say. I mean, the the story of Celeste is so much uh, better and more important. I mean, th- th- there's not I'm not even going to pretend that Super Mario Brothers 3 has a story because the, the game is only like slapping it on there. And that's fine. That is an OK. That's mm-hmm. it's, it's on an NES console. Like I'm not right. holding right. that against it. But there's other stuff, too, though, where it's like. Like we t- you, we talked about the the collectible strawberries, right? And they're that, they're kind of this like perfect little thing. They're like perfect little challenges. I don't think Super Mario Brothers three has like an equivalent to that. There's there's like all sorts of extra goofy mini games in Super Mario Brothers three that I don't think personally bring anything to the table. And like by the end of Super Mario Brothers three, I feel like I end up with a lot like just a a pile on the floor of items in my supply that I don't have almost any use for. And so there's little mechanical fluff. Samaria Brothers 3, whereas I feel like Celeste is like perfectly tight. It doesn't add in anything it doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if the I think tightness Celeste does win uh, in in that specific uh, part of it, I, there's a uh, there's maybe a meta reason to let Celeste go above Super Mario Brothers 3 is so that whenever we get to Super Mario World, you can also put that <laughs> You can put that above Super Mario Brothers three, but have Celeste. I, above I genuinely it. don't know that I will do that because in talking about fluff, uh, Mario World is a, is got some goofy stuff in it. Well, but I'm I'm saying that if if Super Mario Brothers if we go ahead and break the Super Mario Brothers three being at the top thing, uh-huh, when uh-huh. Super Mario World comes around, I won't really care that much. Sure, you know what but I mean. It, like, here's the reality: this is our personal list that is definitive, and everyone must abide to it. Yeah, um, and I don't want to do that to my friend hunter if my friend hunter earnestly in his heart Mm -hmm. wants super mario brothers 3 at the top of that list that is okay with me (laughs) one and two one and two celeste being number two and it being right there sitting next to super mario brothers 3 that is perfectly acceptable to me nah nah that's boring that's boring (laughs) um i'm bored by that that's a boring reason to do anything um i say uh, well, I've, I, I mean, I actually, I cannot decide. Um, I think that's, that if see, that's vo- where, that's where I'm, that's where I'm hesitant to do it because you can't even bring yourself to say Celeste is the number one. And so I don't, I just, I don't think I, I can do it I, to I, you. I, I, I can't decide yeah. is what I'm saying. Right. And I think, be, I think that in the interest of the show having a decent precedent, I think that if I am all tied up and you are one way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then that's got to mean we just go that way. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. otherwise, like, I don't think there is a world where I can actually, the only way I can get you to go the other way, which like, and and I'm not going one way myself. So, yeah. but let's say I was to try and argue, you know, kind of uh, just kind of lawyer up for Super Mario Brothers 3. I don't think there is a way for me to actually talk you into like the other way you don't have the argument in you to do it no 
No, because I am myself tied up. So I, if Super Mario Brothers 3 hired me as their lawyer to defend them in court and you're the judge, I'm losing that case. I see. Because I don't believe right. that, right. Well, that okay. it is that simple. It To me, it sounds like uh, court is adjourned then and that Celeste is the best game of all time. <laughs> here's here's my follow-up question, Hunter. This hurt. I, I'm watching this hurt you, physically take a toll on you. Um is did we do mario brothers 3 as the first game and nothing was ever going to top it or is there a game inside your brain that you know would be super mario brothers 3 eventually someday this is a spoiler well, but who knows if we'll ever get to this game is there a game that you think is is quantifiably the best game of all time i think there's well okay so so here's what type of game i think super mario brothers 3 is super mario brothers 3 is and this is a very cliche conversation in game podcast circles but super mario brothers 3 is i think my answer to the question what is the citizen kane of uh -huh. video games super mario brothers 3 is i think you could make an argument to be the first triple a video game the first game in between it's like perfectly in between to me the idea of an arcade game you play at home yeah as in let's take pong to the house right right and a game that is more than that yeah. Um, and I think that if you take, if you go back in time and you get rid of Super Mario Brothers 3, I don't know, the entire history of video games falls apart. But Celeste is a great game, so I don't know. It's it's it's, <laughs> I, it's I tough feel, to say. I, I'm like wanting to walk back putting it as number one because it just, I no. see what it does to you. No, I don't no, think no. it's right. I don't think it's good. And I, I, I would feel the same way the other way, man. Like it, it's, that. that's what I'm saying. It's like there, there's no winning with me here. Yeah. Um, I think that, and, and and to answer your question, are there are there games, are there other games that, like when I put, when I was like, we should talk about Super Mario Brothers 3 first, yeah. it was not because right. I thought that it was going to be number one forever right. or that I was trying to make some sort of deeper call. Now, would I have imagined that we would have topped it by episode 15? No. Yeah, but right, sure. here we are. And if anything, it's it's my mistake if if that was my plan i shouldn't have proposed celeste so early <laughs> you know what i mean right um but yeah no there there are definitely i mean there are even games that i just know i on my personal list of my favorite games of all time is super mario brothers 3 number one no but hmm. i think it might be the best game ever made hmm. as far or maybe not best is not the right word i think it's the most important game ever made okay is super mario brothers 3 i don't think there's a game you could make an argument for being more important yeah. Then Super Mario Brothers 3, basically. Wow. Well, Celeste okay, is then. great. And it does have that. Cool well, Celeste is pretty good too, huh? <laughs> it's a pretty good game. <laughs> I mean, is Celeste as important as Super Mario Brothers 3? No, it can't be. It literally right. can't. There's right. no way That's, for it to be. It sucks yet. for that to be the conversation that we have to have on this show because, like, that isn't the only thing that this show is about. Yeah. It's not, this for isn't sure. the list of most important games of all time and every yeah. once in a while we have to let something mechanically and uh emotionally better through i think is the i'll thing. say this um i think that uh celeste was for sure the de facto game of the year yeah. uh for 2018 and the fact that so many people thought god of war on the playstation 4 not to say that god of war is a bad game no but that like, so many people awarded god of war that accolade mm -hmm. over celeste boggles my mind yeah. completely boggles it 
Yeah, so it, if if our response to that is, hey, Celeste actually might be the best game of all time. Right. Not even just, obviously it was the game of the year 2018, right. uh, but also could be the greatest game of all time. I don't know. And I mean, I th- it's like Celeste could sit here a long time. Yeah. Because this is a game that we both really feel strongly about. Yeah. As yeah. compared to, you know, Super Mario Brothers 3, like, which we do not both feel In, in my about. head, I know what my favorite game of all time is, but I absolutely know it's not at the top of this list. Like, I know, like, if, if Hyper Light Drifter is my number two, my number one is probably not even above Hyper Light Drifter in terms of What's your number list. one again? I forget. The Witness. The Witness. Oh, but yeah, honestly, yeah. honestly. But I like The Witness a lot. If I sit with Celeste longer, like, there, it's decently realistic that Celeste solves all the same problems that The Witness did. But because mm-hmm. the witness taught me how to love video games again, um, and Celeste taught me how to calm the hell down when playing. Right, <laughs> right. And you do need to calm the hell down, man. Well, and, it, you need I, to and I have. Like, I, I literally, I'm not kidding. The difficult Matt's difficulty corner, I think, is over, and I think that's oh, wow. why Celeste is number one. Like, well, if, we if, haven't played any From Software games yet. Sure, but, I don't, but like, I'm we'll not kidding there. when I say like I've I've sat down with a Dark Souls. Uh, three before for a little bit and even that even experiencing the first bit i've gotten to like the first boss of dark dark souls 3 and i feel i feel it not impacting me in the same i got an idea i got an idea what if from now on anytime you play any game you have celeste also open (laughs) i just have the feather section and you (laughs) open and it's just gonna sit there and calm me down i get mad because i can't get any kills in halo all right let's go to the feather real quick that's gonna okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna program like that, that as like a twitch extension so that when i'm playing on stream i can just open up my feather thing and st- uh, twitch chat can watch me play my feather game yeah i like yeah. that but every uh, basically m- your version of every game would include a feather mini game yeah uh yeah that's exciting uh well well there you have it we yeah. did it we we oh we overthrew the the top spot yeah. 15 episodes in it almost feels like kind we're of gonna right, regret right? this oh my god we're gonna regret this so much i already like, regret it i know um but i think i uh, i you know if if you if you got this far like let's say like you didn't check out when we were like oh like let, let's say you haven't played celeste yep and you, you didn't check out when we told you to to go play it will you please consider doing that now yeah we literally just told you it's the greatest game of all time yeah like go play that's this a lot to say you don't. It's better than it's. <laughs> it's <laughs> I, I, I just watched you going. try to say it's better than Super Mario Bros. Three, and you literally couldn't. You literally couldn't yeah. do it. This was a mistake. Oh well. Thanks for listening to the Old Gamers <laughs> Almanac. You can find us on Twitter. You can email us. I guess you can tell us how mad you are and how you can feel in Hunter's bones that this was the wrong decision. But we're sticking to it. We are sticking to it because it's. It, this is. Matt, this is me and you telling the rest of the world what's what. I want to be clear, um, though. I didn't force this on you. Me. I did no. everything I could to try to not make this happen. I, I can perfectly envision the world where SMB3 is still number one. Yeah, that is okay with right me. now it ain't. No, no, no. <laughs> no. R- right now it's number two. Because it's got to be me and you, Matt. It can't no. just be one person dominating it. I understand. Like, it, ha- it has to be, and, and that's the thing is, Super Mario Brothers 3 was always the wrong game to be at the top, Matt. Mm. It always was. And it was this was always going to happen sooner or later. Yeah. You know what I mean, Matt? Yeah. Just be glad it wasn't freaking Gex, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know you're a huge Gex person, so whenever we get to Gex, it's gonna be Gex is just gonna run <laughs> rampant. Man, when we get to Gex month, 
Oh, you know what? I actually came up with a with a what so one summer in the future on this show, we're going to do all the Gex games during the summer and it's going to be called Gex on the Beach. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to Old Gamer's Almanac. Produced by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins. Music by Knight Corey. Yeah.